0: Ginny, thank you. And I hope Ginny will sing that next New Year's Day also on Sunday morning. This is a beautiful song, isn't it? Yes. Let me love you just the same. Happy New Year. Happy new year. And if uh, I didn't get to you, and uh, whether to hug you or, or uh, shake your hands and wish you a happy New Year, I apologize. Uh, sometimes I get busy, I get uh, absent-minded, but uh, personally I would like to say Happy New Year to each and everyone. I love you all and thank God for each and every person who is here today. Uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of uh, Matthew. Chapter 21. I have a... A couple of verses I want to read and I want to challenge you today with this uh, verse and challenge my heart too. So we can start on the right foot and we can start a new year uh, hoping to serve the Lord together and do His will. This is about uh, Jesus Christ and His triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Verse 1, we are going to read verse 1 through 3. And uh, when they had approached Jerusalem, he sent um, disciples to go and uh, uh, check a few things here. And had come to Beth- Beth- Bethphage to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples. He told them, go into the village opposite you, And immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says something to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. Verse 3. You shall say, the Lord has need of them. I want to repeat that again. You shall say, the Lord has need of them. The message is today, God needs you. God need me, needs me. God needs us. And are we willing to put ourselves at his disposal? And if anyone asks what we are doing, just say the Lord needs them. An impressive recruiting poster during World War II. Those who remember World War II, we are Most of you are young, but those who are close to my age. World War II pictured this poster, Uncle Sam, looking straight at you and pointing his index finger. And what does he say there? In your face, beneath the words were, what? I need you. I need you. (coughs) Some of you might remember that. Some of you might not. But the poster dramatically expressed the urgency of that hour. America was fighting for her life. And every person was needed. In the spiritual arena today, and in the moral arena I can say, America is fighting for her life today. What we are seeing and hearing is so disturbing. Whether it's the newspapers, radio, TV, (coughs) excuse me, or other means of communication, things don't look good. They don't look good at all. The majority of those who are supposed to be examples to us express their views in such a shameful way that clearly tells us believers that we are living in the last days. Toward this, what do we do? We hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ calling this morning, calling us all, I need you. Lives are at stake. They're in danger. Things are not looking good at all. And this is why we hear the everlasting voice of our Lord and Savior. I need you. This is the call today. At the beginning of this new year, God is looking for a different kind of Christians. That's what I said at the very beginning. God is challenging us. Thank you. Men and and women, Who are willing to give themselves whatever the task, whatever the sacrifice, regardless of the cost. God is looking for men and women. And if you find yourself today, after about 20 minutes from now, that God is calling you to serve him, do not hesitate to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Use me. It's not the time to make a new, what you call it, at the very beginning of the new year? Resolution. I'm glad you're all with me. A new resolution. A promise. You know, and I say it every year almost. There is no resolution that wasn't broken or hasn't been broken or a promise that hasn't. (laughs) Because we're not good at that. The only resolution we can make this morning, say, Lord... Help me to put myself under your disposal. The challenge is, if you are called to do a service, to fill a need, to help someone, or whatever is the call, whatever you hear this morning, regardless of the ministry that you have in this little church that we have in the valley? How would you respond? You may rest assured that if he uses you, successful results are guaranteed in your life. We were here last Friday night, and we heard so many stories, so many experiences about the believers in this church that every believer gave us a success story. Right? A happy ending. Once you serve the Lord. Once you give your life to Jesus Christ. Once you do a good deed for Him. The Lord will not leave Himself in debt to anyone. The Lord will always repay you tenfolds. Whatever you do. Whatever you give. Whatever service you do for Him. The story is told of a young man of, by the name of Charles Harvey, of Grand Prairie, Texas. He felt a bit nervous as he was driving to an important job interview. Those who have been to job interviews, they, you know how nervous you are, and you're all trembling, the car is shaking, and the whole thing. <laughs> True. Uh, he was, to begin with, 15 minutes late, and it's a no-no period. It was raining. it was snowing, and he was in a hurry. He passed a middle-aged woman, stranded with a flat tire. He drove further, then he conscious, spoke to him, and he came back. And he said, my conscience made me stop. I came back, saw the woman, changed her tire, and headed for the interview, thinking I could just forget about getting the job now. But he filled out the job application. Anyway, went to the HR's office and sat there. And the question is, do you think he got the job? Wait. He sure did. The personnel director hired him on the spot. She was the woman who, whose tire he has changed. Lately. <laughs> That's a true story. Isn't that a good story? If this is done with a human being, how do you think the Lord will respond to a service you do for him? Should touch our hearts. Late, disheveled, dirty hands. He didn't look The suit is not good at all. You're hired. You might say, well, who God uses? Let me tell you, first and foremost, God uses an average, ordinary person. Be of good cheer. Are you the average, ordinary people? person? How many are average like me here? We have, we have, we have uh, those who did not lift up their hands. I understand they are geniuses. <laughs> but to the average ordinary people today, God wants to use you. At the very beginning of this new year, God wants to use you. And if you are average, God is going to use you. There was not a highly educated man among the original disciples, were they? Not one was a scholar. Study your Bible. The scholars amongst us can go and look. If you see one of the disciples were a scholar, I stand to be corrected. I apologize for that. Not one of them was a scholar. Not one of them attended divinity school. Not one of them was a theologian. Right? Not, Not one had wealth or fame. Four had been fishermen. One had been a noted tax gatherer. They were men with weaknesses and flaws like you and me. Some had a fiery nature. You know whom I'm talking about. And they stumbled and fell in the time of testing. Yet Jesus took these obscure men and through them turned the world upside down. So far, can he use you? Is the answer yes or no? Dwight Moody was an unlettered man. He never went to college. Do you know that? If you don't know, here it is. His manner was so rough. His grammar was so atrocious. English teachers came to hear him in order to condemn his grammar. But they left praising the Christ whom Moody proclaimed. He was the greatest evangelistic influence of the 19th century. He gave God everything he had. And God used him far beyond other more talented but less dedicated preachers. So, do you think God can use ordinary people? and Unlearned people? Yes, He can. So, while you're sitting at your seat today and comfortable, at the end of the meeting, I would like to challenge you. God, use me. And if you can say that wholeheartedly, God is going to use you and me. And we can turn this valley upside down. Amen? Now, the second thing I want to bring to your attention is that God uses the dedicated people. First, they are ordinary, but He they need to be dedicated to Him. Christ needs you and He will work with anyone who has an honest and a pure heart. Do you have a burden? God will use you. Do you have a heart for the ministry? God will use you. You have a pure heart to please the Lord. God will use you. And he has that finger. The Navy needs you, right? Or the Marines want you. But here, God wants you. God needs you. God is looking and in need of devoted people. Consecrated people. And dedicated people who are willing to work for God's honor. God is looking for clean people who at a certain time in their lives surrendered all and laid aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles them and are running with endurance the race that is set before them. He's not impressed with our pious false humility when we give the following excuses. Look at the excuses. Excuses. Well, he cannot use me because I'm not clever. Did you ever say that? Repent immediately. We're not all clever. I'm just a simple, ordinary person. Well, think of the disciples. And before you say anything, before you give an excuse, think of those disciples. They couldn't give an excuse because God called them. I'm not clever. One more thing you say, well, I'm not talented. We have talents in this church. You have a talent to witness to the Lord. You have a talent to bring someone to hear the word of God. You have a talent to uh, help with the chores that we have in the church. We have uh, myriads of responsibilities. And we cannot excuse ourselves with these excuses. And uh, and then one more thing you say. I'm not articulate. You know whose excuse that was? In the Old Testament? Mr. Moses. I love Moses. Lord, I, I stutter. I'm not articulate. Didn't he say that? Okay. Do you think, do you think God took that to the bank? No. thing says, Moses, I am with you. And I will make you the greatest leader the world has ever known. You're not articulate, but I can use you. Away with these excuses. And please listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26 to 29. And I got the New Living Bible so you can understand it well. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, it says, That few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful, or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God deliberately chose things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. God chose who are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world. Things counted as nothing at all. And use them to bring to nothing that world considers important. So that no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Now, do we qualify? This is my question. Paul writes to the Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure, the Holy Spirit in us, believers. In earthen vessels. What's earthen vessels? Fragile vessels. Uh, clay. Yeah? Jars of clay. Vessels of clay. Fragile. Surpassing the greatness of the power. May that the power that is with us. May be of God. And not from ourselves. When you give the reins to God. When you let him indwell you. And take charge of your life. God can do miracles in each and every person. God needs people like you and me. And he is willing to use us. Among the greatest Christian men of history, there are many who had obscure beginnings. John Bunyan was not a polished writer at all. He was limited in his education. Who knows about him? He wrote that. Pilgrim's Progress, right? He was limited in his education. Scholars sneered at his writings. But the response of the multitudes established his great book. They call it an allegory. Pilgrim's Progress as the greatest in the English language. God needed him and he answered the call. And this morning, he sent, as we heard, two disciples to go. What was he looking for? A chariot. He said, go get me the chariot of the king. Then you couldn't have gotten that. Go get the best horses. Go get uh, an army, the best guards that you can find in Jerusalem because I have to enter Jerusalem. What did he send them for? A donkey. A donkey. He said, go, you will find a donkey. He is going to enter Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Is that humility or what? Is that something to teach us? Can you imagine Can you imagine the king of kings coming to visit, or the president coming to visit here, San Ramon, riding on a donkey? You'll have ten cars to be first before him, ten cars of special uh, services there. Uh, yeah, I mean, and two, three behind him. And one bulletproof in front. Okay? And this is the way it is today with every uh, president or every king or every monarch. But here's the king of kings. Came riding on what? On a donkey. If he can use a donkey. And then I thought about it. I said he can use Adol. He can use me. And then he can use you is in need of you the church here is in need of you it behooves us to surrender ourselves this minute to him and say with all our hearts lord here i am send me would you answer the call there are needs in the church, there are needs today as we cross this valley. And you say, Adol, what qualifies me? What is needed for me to do? I'm sure after the meeting, some are going to come and talk to me. And I hope you would. I hope everyone. Adol, how can I be of help? What are the criteria? What is the criteria? Do I need to be equipped with any gift or talent? You have talents. You're equipped. But two things you should have in life that are in the Bible that will equip you and will make you a good servant for the Lord Jesus Christ during this new year. And in order to let you go with me, open your Bibles to Joshua. Joshua. We're having Bible study today. We haven't had one since a long time. Chapter 3. Joshua was on the verge of taking the children of Jerusalem, uh, children of uh, Israel, to the promised land. They had first To cross Jordan. And they were ready to go. And he told them. Are you ready? They said ready. He said well I have two things to ask you to do. The ark is going to cross before you. Verse 3. And he commanded the people saying. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Your God with the Levitical priest carrying it. Then you shall set out from your place. And go what? after it keep your eyes on the ark and the ark of old while they were crossing to go to the new land that god has given them the ark represents to us today the lord jesus christ and if you need to cross this year to go further in 2005 today is only the second day We still have 363 days to live. Do you know what God has in store for us? If anyone knows, I'd like to see him after the meeting. Do you have that, you know, that ball, that crystal ball? And you see, I see you doing this. No one knows. Only God knows what this year has for us in store. But one thing, one thing, we know that it is always good with us. Because God ha- is the captain of this ship. We're not going as lost people in a big ocean. No. God is before us. He says, keep your eyes. Follow the ark. You stay away from it, about 200 feet, and, but follow the ark. Keep your eyes on the ark. And the ark today for us is Jesus Christ. You want to serve him? You, want to, you are needed for sure. You want to say, God, take me. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Take your eyes off man. Take your eyes off women. Take your eyes off the waves around you. You will sink like Peter of old. When he took his eyes off Jesus, what happened to him? He was walking on water. Okay. It was like asphalt and walking on water. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, he started what? Sinking. He says, keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say today, you let us all keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? He tells them why. Look at verse 4. However, there shall be between you and and the ark a distance about 2,000 cubits. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you shall go. Here it is. For you have not passed this way before. This is a new way. We have not passed this way before. 2005 is a strange year. To us, it's still unknown. But if we can keep our eyes on Jesus, you know what? I promise you, if he doesn't come, we shall safely somehow get to the other shore. That's one. Number two, he says, in verse 5. One is to keep your eye on Jesus. Number two he told them. Joshua said to the people. Verse 5. Consecrate yourselves today. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourselves. God will not use. An unclean vessel. God use me. Make sure you are a clean vessel. God will only use a clean vessel. God will only use clean hands. And God needs you today. Consecrate yourself. And you will cross that Jordan safely. Two things. You say, God, I want you to use me. Keep your eye on him. And keep yourself clean from the filth of this world. That's what is required. And that's why he the call is, I need you. I need you, each and every person, young or old. God needs us all. We need, although, His guidance at the beginning of this new year, because the future is unknown, as we read this morning. What does it say? For you have not passed this way before. We need Him. We need his light before us. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. And we hear the voice saying, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Just uh, follow me. And as we follow him, he'll open the door. As the as priest, the moment they put their feet on the uh, Jordan River, the moment their feet touched the water, the Jordan opened up. Slowly, slowly, and they all crossed safely to go to the promised land. Let's keep our eyes on him at the very beginning of this year. And did you get the message that God needs you? Simply. Did you get that? Wholeheartedly. And do you know that if you say, Lord, use me, that you need to be consecrated. You need to be clean. You need to be pure. You need to make yourself available to go to service and to enlist in his service, in his army, so we can accomplish together what we have set to accomplish winning soul for the Lord Jesus Christ. But on the other hand, Christ needs us. And that's the call today. Christ needs you and me. He has no hands. But our hands to do the deeds of his kingdom. Remember. He needs your hands. He needs to show his kindness of mercy through us. It's a big responsibility. Would you welcome it? He has no feet. But our feet to do his errands in spreading the good news. Are you willing to say, Lord, I consecrate my feet to you. Here are my hands. Here's my heart. Here are my eyes. Here's my talent. Whatever you give me, I want to serve you this year. He has no tongue but our tongues. And how are we using them? Are we using them to spread the gospel? To witness? Or... Are we using them for other things that does not, that do not honor God and praise him? Who's going to spread his wonderful salvation to the all nations? Who? Us. May God use us. You may feel that you do not have much to offer. I said, hey, I'm ordinary. Hey, I'm no better than you. We are all in the same boat say I don't have much to offer you know what he asks he asks the best of what you have can you give him the best of what you have seems like he's begging this morning he's knocking he says can you give me your best we heard some sharing on Friday night he says, you only give God the best and he'll do the rest are you willing to give him your best? Are you willing to give that little talent of yours, that little thing that you have, say, how can I use it for the spreading of the gospel? The Lord needs you. He does not even require success. Do you know that? You do the work and he will make things to be successful. You know what he requires? faithfulness that's another big point in our service for him are we faithful just look with him look yes. inside says lord i want you to use me i know you need me and i'm willing to say here i am send me but am i faithful am i faithful in coming to the meetings I'm faithful in supporting the work. I'm faithful in being faithful. The little boy who had five loaves of barley. And when the people, 5,000 people were very hungry. And the disciples said, We need food, Lord. We need to go and get them food. This is what he says. He said, let's see if someone has anything here. And the boy had, I have, only, I have only five barley loaves and two small fish. And they might not be. They cannot feed, he says. If you give them to the Lord, he will multiply them. My talent is so small, Lord. But he can take it and multiply it. And change this world that you're living in. Peter, that's the one who denied him completely. Do you love me? Why he, was he asking him? Because he needed shepherds. Peter, do you love me three times? Finally, Peter broke down completely. said, you know, you know, Lord, I love you. What did he say? What? Feed my sheep. I'm not qualified. I'm not an educated person. I am not learned. You know my past. I tell you one thing. Your past is under the blood. And your future is in his hand. I need you. Would you answer the call? Would you say, Lord, I'm willing this new year, 2005, to put all my talents, all what I own, all what I own, everything that I have in your hands. And that little thing you give him, as the song says, little is much when God is in it. He will never disrespect it. Or disregard it, but he'll put he'll more and more and multiply it in your hands. You know, God multiplies, he never takes away, he multiplies. And everything we do for him, he will give us a successful result. Consecrate yourself today, he said. Clean yourself today. And what did he say? There's nothing. No, there's nowhere in the Bible when God asks for something and he will tell you about it, whether it's negative or positive. If you obey me, what he says, you will live. If you disobey, you will be destroyed. He says, consecrate yourself, clean yourself, devote yourself, dedicate yourself to me. And what did he say? Tomorrow, I will do wonders in your midst. So, we have a glimpse. We open a window. We see a window, a little window, and we look. He says, if you heed the call today, you consecrate yourself, you come after me, and you serve me, guess what? I'm going to do wonders in your lives. That's the good story. I am going to do wonders. But if we waste our time, if we waste our talents, if we waste that little talent that we have, if we say we... Oh well, no! I can't do anything. I'm good. I'm good to come and warm the seat only. Oh, okay. I cannot do anything. Let let me tell you why. He doesn't promise anything to that person, but he promises a wonderful life, wonders to those who say, "Lord, here I am. Send me." And those people who are looking at me and say, Edu, what are you talking about?" I say this. God needs you too. God needs your heart. God needs you to say, Lord, here I am. I give you my life. If you are an unsafe person this morning, the call is, come unto me, and I will give you rest. That's his call. Rest in this new year. You haven't been resting. You have been fighting. You've been disturbed. Things have been so depressing in your life. And Jesus, the call today is, come unto me, I will give you peace, I'll give you rest and happiness ever after. Always, when you obey the call, God gives you the reward. This is what a, God, a great God we have. God is calling each and every person who is not saved this morning. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior at the very beginning of this year, this is the opportunity. This is the opportunity. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything. I want a different year. It's been it's been bad. Like Vince said the other day. It's been nothing good. Until I met the Lord Jesus Christ. Take him as your savior. And follow him. As for us Christians. Let us. Say Lord. You need me. Here I am. Take me and use me. Are we willing to do that? Are we really? If we're willing, let's sing this beautiful song at the end of this service. Song number 592. Dean is going to come and lead us. Little is much. Whatever your talent, whatever the gift, God needs you.